Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, let's get Ramsey in here. Ramsey, what's going on, man? Not too much, gentlemen. I have a question about a team that you just mentioned, Damien, about a mo. Hmm. Especially if they win on Sunday against the Steelers, where do we put Cincinnati? Because Jake Brown from Folsom now, Jake Browning from Folsom right now is balling and carrying that team. He is. I know, wow. and I know Jamar Chase is out on Sunday. Mm. But if they beat the Steelers, where do we put them? Because I think they make. I feel they're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to be a scary out. Well, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to raise them in any points for beating the Steelers, especially without. I mean, they're they're suspect with Kenny Pickett. He's not even going to be in there. Mason Rudolph yeah, season. I, I was going to say, I don't even think Kenny Pickett's playing, yeah. is he? He's already ruled no, out. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're already suspect yes. with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. He's not even going to be the quarterback. Hell, they didn't even go to their backup quarterback. <laughs> They're playing their third-string quarterback. So I can't – that's not a, a win that's going to elevate them, in my opinion. But his but premise it, of what but, he's saying, like, uh, yeah. yeah but, they're, but, they're, they're, they're sneaky. But at this season, elevating wins don't matter. Wins matter. No, just getting there. Just get, but he yeah. said, where do we put the – I don't put them in it. Ramsey, y'all know me. I'm not impressed with that. I'm not impressed with that football team at all. I remember who you're talking to. So you put more stock in the Browns than the Bengals then? Yes. As far as like maybe they can win a playoff game or something? Joe Flacco, baby. Joe cool. Can Joe Flacco win comeback player of the year? I can't believe I just said that out loud. (laughs) I asked that. I asked. Yeah. Y'all told me DeMar Hamlin was winning. DeMar Hamlin's still favorite to win it, by the way, as far as Vegas odds. Who was the other one? Oh. Your boy. Yeah, to a second right now. Yeah. And, and that's – I don't know. just hadn't even played enough for them to even have that. Why don't you just rename the award the DeMar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year award? That would be very nice. Let's do that. Because my brother doesn't – it's great that he's here. My brother doesn't play. Mm-hmm. And, like, what Tua's done is, is spectacular. If, it, it, if Joe wins out – If Joe wins out, I'm fine with him bro, giving it to Joe Flacco. Joe wins out, you got to – you got to give that man something. How many wins is that? Five wins or something? Six wins? If he, he wins out, out, it would be three, four, five. Because mm. I think he's won two straight. Mm. That's a crazy story. That is insane. That's Joe Flacco is going to be the quarterback on a on a on a playoff team, <laughs> almost that's, certainly. That's who I don't want to see in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Joe Flacco, <laughs> that guy. Hey, Keep Ravens lose. Guy. Ravens Wait, lose this week. Boom. Browns win. Browns are only a game out of first for the AFC North. Who the Browns got again? They got Pittsburgh. Fighting oh, Mason Rudolph. Or never mind, I got them mixed up. They got the Texans with um going against Case Keenum. Uh, they got the Texans. 
Although they yeah, CJ already check, rolled yeah, out. Check this out. They yeah. got the Texans, the Jets, and then the Bengals to um, finish out their season. That's that's my Browns. Yeah. And then the Baltimore has um, they got 49ers this week. Then they got Miami. Let me see who they got the last week of the season. Mm. See the killer about that. Yeah, though. Baltimore's got Steelers last week of the season. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about some of my teams right now. <laughs> I can't lie, I was high when I saw Joe, um, the Browns and you guys' power rankings. My, I'm, I'm all my, in on the Browns. My Browns and my Bucks are cooking. So just for argument's sake here, I don't know how this will play out, but let's say the Browns do win the. I feel like Jim Carraway got basket, college basketball on the game. Here, the, the, the Kentucky uh, Louisville rivalry. I don't even know who that guy is. I didn't even know Louisville had a new coach. But um, yeah, shout out to that brother. But um, so they would be thir- the three seed. Browns, Browns, Bengals, maybe. In the first round, yeah. I'm taking the Browns in that one. Did you guys see? There's still a scenario, uh, a relatively good percentage that the Chiefs still get the number one. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, spot. yeah, yeah. They oh, pretty much that. need Baltimore and Miami to beat each other up and stuff like that, and then yeah. they'll sneak in because they got they got like an easy three games left. All this talk big... about uh, Mahomes finally playing on the road, my, not even. And it's not even like that outrageous if the Cowboys beat the Dolphins and the 49ers beat the Ravens. Like they're, you've got kind of two weeks to sort it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of funny. That's a trip. That's kind of funny. Let's get Taylor in in in. In Kansas City, so she can watch her games. No. Does, is the Al Michaels story true? Did you see that? What was that? that? So, so you, so remember we read the thing from Awful Announcing about how Al Michaels isn't calling a wild card game. Yeah, and they reached out to him for comment. He was like, "What do you mean? Like <laughs> it's in my contract." There's a report that he told them, "I'm not doing any of this Taylor Swift stuff," and they were like, "Cool, you're not on the game then." <laughs> I didn't see that. That sounds, that sounds accurate. I didn't see it, but that so sounds, I, like, sounds like something he would say. Okay, that, and that's that's like that's super believable. I was like, is this real? Like, where, <laughs> is, this, is this a shoot? Al Michaels ain't, ain't hyping up Taylor Swift. Honestly, Al Michaels needs to go home, bro. He's too grumpy all the time. Like, go home, bro. <laughs> I, if you're I, not going to be happy, go home. I, I, I think they, that's accurate. They went to Al. They're like, hey, Al, there's a report that you're not doing anybody. Al came and said, who told you that? <laughs> Oh, okay, I've, okay. I, this this is the best site to go for this. Uh, awful announcing. They say it's a conspiracy theory. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, but it's believable. Big time believable with that dude. Big time. Because someone said they already did it, and he wouldn't. They already asked him, and he wouldn't do it when he did the last Chiefs game. Mm. No, I'm not doing that. Do we know what the game is? Maybe he turned it on. He's like, you know what I have to deal with on Thursdays? So I'm going to do this again? Or oh, it's wild card, it's, huh? It's, it's yeah, wild card. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's wild probably card. T- Texans Colts. <laughs> hey. That game. It is a secondary NBC game, so I'm sure it's not going to be good. I'll save this for tomorrow because this could be a long conversation, and Matt mm. George is going to join us in a second, but he just texted me, so maybe he's not. Oh, could you send Matt the link? Oh, yeah, I'll send us one. Um, yeah, we're going to talk to Matt George a little bit. I thought Matt had a really good uh, – I talked to Matt this morning for uh, the latest edition of the Locked on Kings podcast, but uh, he did an episode last night. I thought he asked Mike Brown a really good question too. He asked Mike about – I think the term he used was a necessary evil. 
and I think we talked about this a couple of days ago about how Mike talks about going from good to great Mm -hmm. and how hard that is. And Matt asked Mike if it's a necessary evil sometimes to go against a great team and get your ass kicked the way that you did Mm -hmm. and then go back and figure out how. And Mike was super receptive to the question. I thought that was a great question by Matt. And Mike was super receptive to that question. And he was like, yeah, there's a lot of value in it. Mm -hmm. You don't want to go through it, but there is value in it if we utilize it correctly. Right. And that's kind of, (laughs) if you bring the last three hours and 11 minutes full circle, the value may lie in, wait for it, how mentally tough this team is. And that seems to have been the biggest question through the first few hours of this show Hmm. from you, from me, from the chatty house is how tough is this team? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's not an answer. We're we're not going to find out today. I I, I don't even know if we're going to find out tomorrow, to be honest. No. And the the way I look at this team, um, not going to find out over the weekend. Hmm. Cause Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying this is exactly what's going to happen, but that's the pattern. Like, they have these embarrassing losses. They come back strong for a game or two, two, three games, maybe a week, week and a half. And then they have another embarrassing loss, and we go through this whole cycle again. Yeah. That's the way the first 26 games of the season has gone. Yeah. And to be fair to the situation, they're 16 and 10 in that cycle. So they'd have a pretty good record if they continued this cycle all the way through. Yeah. But how does that play off in a postseason situation? We'll come back. We will talk with our man, Matt George, uh, about the Sacramento Kings, what we saw last night, and what we'll see this weekend uh, when the Phoenix Suns and Minnesota Timberwolves come to town. That's coming up next here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, hey real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't mean that George in the too, but did you see that uh, that guy, the, the, the TV analyst for the Mavericks, missed the game last night? The one who that that rant on James Harden? Oh no, <laughs> no, I didn't see yeah, he that. Missed the game oh, last night in Dallas. Shoot, was that an NBA call or a Dallas call? You think? Uh, like I'm talking about the TV know. network. I don't know. I don't they know. did him like the Phoenix Suns DJ. <laughs> automatics, automatics fill in. <laughs> Not welcome around here anymore. I, did, I would, I, I would have needed him to be on the broadcast and say, you know what, I said a lot. James Harden playing good right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have needed him there. Let's welcome in our buddy Matt George, Locked On Kings podcast, ABC Ten podcast. Uh, Matt had a really good podcast last night, uh, talking about this game in which he uh, wasn't throwing things or screaming or yelling. And uh, I actually thought, and and thank you for alerting me to this because it 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 put my antennas up a little bit, Matt. I was telling KC a minute ago. I thought the question you asked Mike was really good. And I thought Mike's response was really good. Um, I'll let you, you know, walk us through that. But the gist of the question was, you know, uh, is is losing games uh, the way that you did uh, last night? That a, I think the term you used was, is that a necessary evil? Mm-hmm. And I thought Mike's response was great. Yeah, remind me to make sure I touch on this because I thought the I thought there were great moments from last night's press conference and I thought there was one glaring bad moment from the Kings press conferences last night and I'll, and I'll address that when I get to it. But I had a, a very response from a lot of people. Like I saw how Kyle Draper started the TV broadcast post game. I saw people on social media reacting and, and, and some of the people reacting inside the golden one. I had a very different reaction to last night's game. Now I've hit mm. the panic button already this season. Y'all remember early on in the year when the Kings were not playing defense and well, and I was wondering, okay, like, is this team trying to focus so much on, on the defensive side that they're losing their offensive touch since then? I've, I've had those concerns kind of, Put to breast. Like I, I know the Kings are going to have bad offensive nights, but I know this team is still very dynamic offensively while the defense is improving. Mm-hmm. But last night to me was not a, oh my God, the Sacramento Kings melted down. Oh man, the Kings are terrible. The Kings are getting blown out for the seventh time this season. Although that is true. Last night was, here is a great team. Statistically, at least record-wise, the best team in the NBA right now. They came into your building and they showed you how far you still have to go. They showed you that Mike has talked so much about good to great and how difficult that is. So that was the preface to my question. Like Mike, the gap looked pretty damn wide tonight Mm -hmm. or, or last night. It looked really wide between good and great. And as much as you can preach to the guys in practice, this is what it takes and show them film and, and analyze your Cleveland Cavaliers teams of old and golden state warriors teams of old that you were a part of as a coach experiencing a team that not only came in and shorthanded beat you, but a team that beat you on a second night of a back-to-back, which has arguably been your biggest issue so far this season. In three back-to-back games, you've gotten white 
You have a team come in on the second night of a back-to-back after losing in overtime without their star. They have every reason in the world to hang their heads, and they didn't just beat you. They beat you at your own game by raining down threes and beating you into the fast break with 30 fast break points. A great team came in and turned a disadvantage into an advantage. They showed you right then and there what greatness is. So now you've experienced it. Now you've seen it. Now you know what you want to get to. You want to get to that point. And the Celtics, granted, they had to go through losing in the NBA Finals to figure some things out, and they still haven't won in all the years they've been together. So they certainly aren't the blueprint to follow like a a dynasty that is guaranteed to win a championship. They're still looking for that first ring. But I, I asked Mike that question. I thought his response was fantastic. And the major takeaway from that response, which he went into detail about, when he was coaching LeBron in Cleveland and they were having a tough time figuring out how to, uh, how to stop a team and LeBron stepped into the huddle and Mike stepped out and LeBron basically said, no, this is what we're doing. This is what we've been working on. Turned to his teammates and said, you, 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 and you go and do it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have an opportunity to, to ask a follow-up question, but my follow-up question would have been, is that supposed to be De'Aaron Fox that does that job? Mm-hmm. Is that where De'Aaron Fox is supposed to step up and go, you, 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 and you, this is what we're doing And if so, maybe Fox didn't do that last night, and maybe that's still how he has to grow. But ultimately, Mike's point was, we've seen it, we have experienced it, and we need internally, meaning the players, need to take accountability, and and it needs to come from within. Hmm. So I thought everything that he gave me in that answer was phenomenal from Mike. Hmm. I know, it it was, man. and It felt like there was was some... Things that he had on his mind that he wanted to get off his chest, not in a, uh, you know, aggressive type of way, mm-hmm. but just some things he saw. And it's like he kept saying, like, until this is what we got to do, you know, whatever he was talking about at the time. This is what we got to do. We've talked about it as coaches. We've told them that this is what needs to be done. Until you actually do it on a consistent basis, we're gonna have moments like this. That's kind of how it came across. It's like. We've told them what we got to do and what's needed. It's not always clicking. When it clicks, these moments, these type of games will stop. If it doesn't click, we'll be going through this again in a week. That's how it came off to me. And to me, like you guys were just talking about it. Like I, I do think there is definitely a mental weakness with this team. There absolutely is. And I have high expectations for Friday, but Friday is not going to tell me what I need to know. Because the Kings are 3-0 and on first night of back-to-backs this season. And the Kings have proven, going back to last year and going back to Game 6 of the playoffs, that when after they lose badly, they can respond and win. This team knows how to overcome an ass-kicking. They've done it many times already this year. So that's not what we're looking for. It's, can you follow up a victory? Or can you follow up the first night of a back-to-back, regardless of who you're playing and what's happening with a equal to better effort the second night. So really, I'm not going to see, I don't think we're going to see too much of what the Kings learned from last night's loss tomorrow night. We're going to see what the Kings learned from last night's loss on Saturday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm not saying Mm. I'm I'm taking tomorrow night's game and throwing it away because you're still taking on a really good Phoenix Suns team that has KD and they're looking for revenge and they're coming in to beat you on your home floor. So you got to handle your business then and don't take them lightly. But if the Kings win tomorrow night, I've seen that before. And I'll be happy about it. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen them follow that win up with another good performance and another win. Hell, just don't get your ass kicked Mm -hmm. on on Saturday night, which is what the pattern would tell you is going to happen. 
What was the bad moment? So I thought Keon Ellis, uh, speaking of the mental weakness, I thought Keon Ellis did a really, really good job in his press conference as well. You just got wiped by the Boston Celtics on your home floor. And the first guy that comes out to face the podium and face questions is a two-way player who is at best a rotation player. He comes out. I asked him kind of a similar question to what I asked Mike is, hey, what do you learn? What do you take away from a Boston Celtics team that beat you on the second night of a back-to-back when you're struggling? And Keon, the first thing he said was, I think like it's I think it's a mental thing. Like I think we got to close out quarters mm. better. I think we got to start games better. He brought it up himself. We didn't ask that. And he said he ended the answer to my question with, I think tonight is on us. It's not on the Celtics beating us or it's not on the Celtics doing things and X's and O's and breaking down the film. He said, there's going to be things that we see that we obviously need to clean up. But I think tonight is on us. That is a two-way player who is saying this. No other Kings player came to the podium. Now, I don't blame Fox. I don't blame Sabonis, although I would have loved to have heard from one of the two of them. I blame the Kings. And, and, but we don't need to go into the, the PR team or anything too, because for the most part, they do a fantastic job and, and that's whatever. But we want to talk about mental weakness. You just got destroyed. And the player that you send out to answer for it is a two way guy. The player that you send out to answer for it is a guy that's just trying to earn his spot in the rotation, but we don't see a single starter. We don't see a single veteran. We don't see a, uh, any of the guys that are supposed to be leaders of this team. Now, they open up the locker room afterwards, but at that point, we were told, like, hey, pretty much everybody's gone, and I think the only ones that were available in the locker room were Trey Lyles, and I didn't see anybody else. I didn't go into the locker room. I never have time to because of TV duties. Mm-hmm. But I thought as good as what Mike said, and as great of what Keon Ellis did, and I, again, full props to Keon. He did a phenomenal job facing that music as a two-way guy. I thought shame on whether it was King's players, King's organization, regardless, shame on you for not sending someone out to, this is Sacramento media. We're throwing softballs at you. We're not New York media where we're looking to blame somebody. We're going to ask you what happened, what went wrong, and and how can you fix it? Not, hey, this is your fault. Mm. So, the fact that nobody came out to talk about it after that loss, I think it's pretty, I, I thought it was pretty telling or pretty concerning. I always, um, I always wonder why those things happen. I, I'll, I'll never really understand. Maybe I don't have to deal with it on a daily basis. And if I did, I'd be just as irritated, but I don't know why um, these athletes don't like talking to the media. Well, and can I say full transparency too? If I just got my butt kicked that bad, I wouldn't want to talk either, especially if I'm De'Aaron Fox on my freaking birthday. So I don't necessarily blame the players for not wanting to do it. But at that point, it's somebody's job. Somebody needs to face that. And it can't just be, if it was no Kings players, that almost would have been better than sending the two-way guy out to do it. Hmm. Like Keon had the stones to step up and answer questions and face that. Nobody else did. No established member of that roster did. That's the part that bothers me. I want to, and, 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 and I understand, and I don't have to deal with the frustrations that Matt and, and, and James and, and Sean and you guys have to when it comes to covering, covering this team. I do want to be, I, I do want to, like, Keon has become a, I think you said this a second ago, he's a rotational player. Like, he, he, is. he is, by categorization, a two-way player. Mm-hmm. 
but he's not a guy who sits on the end of the bench. Like he's an important part of what they do. I I don't I, I'm I'm not trying to like minimize like your guys' no, frustration because right. I completely understand. I just want to make sure we're not degrading like Keon. Mm-hmm. Like sure. Keon is 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 out there working. The fact that he's the only player that went out there uh, is probably a, a a slightly bigger issue. Well, and to especially for you point, guys. To build on that point, Dilo, I said I mentioned that he's a two way player as almost a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. Like here's this guy that is trying to to carve out his spot in the league and seems to have done so, but he's the one facing the mu- music and handling it as professionally as he did. And he might have gave you the most honest answer you were going to get. Absolutely. Which is which is good in that sense. But it's not just like a media standpoint of, hey, I deserve to talk to a star after that kind of loss. Because there are media members like that, and I'm I, that's not what I'm trying to be. And if it comes off that way, it, it, that's not my intention. To me, if I'm a fan, if I'm anybody, I want to hear from someone who I know is an, a, a part of this core, a part of this group. I don't just want to hear from them after wins, although I enjoy that a lot more. I want to hear from someone talk to me about what went wrong or what they're going to fix not just someone who is a, a rotational player who's who's trying to earn a consistent NBA spot. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand that. Like I said, I just I just never understand that aspect of, of being a professional athlete, especially, I was talking to Jesse about it earlier, especially when, like, to for lack of a better term, you get away with just saying whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just throwing a name out mm-hmm. there. Malik Monk could have went up there and just, hey, what happened tonight? Man, you know. Got our butts kicked. Uh, we didn't bring the intensity, and, you know, they, they just outworked us today. Oh, okay, well, wh- what do you guys do in the huddle to kind of fix that? Well, you know, we got to communicate and um, make sure everybody's on the same page. And like, that's, that's all you got to do. Like You can use those answers virtually for any Every question. time. And this, you know, something like this isn't even an issue. You know what I mean? So I don't – I just never understand it. I just don't. Question in the chatty house. Brando asks, does this happen often? No, it does not. No, it does not. Like the, the Kings typically do a fantastic job. The joke used to be that this was Harrison Barnes's job. No, like, that's facts. For years, Harrison yeah. Barnes was, oh, the Kings just got wiped. Okay, put Harrison Barnes out 20 there. 20 plus him... point losses. Harrison's got to go to the podium. <laughs> and everybody remembers Do-Rag De'Aaron for a time when oh, he was out man. there not, yeah, not looking happy tough. for, what a, for a long tough. time. So. For the most part, no, this does not happen. And in reality, it's really not that big of a deal. But on a day where we're talking about mental toughness, I think that's just another piece of the puzzle. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's it's a, it's a small sign of your mental makeup of, as a team, I, I think. Do you think this team's mentally – Soft. Yeah, I was going to say weak, yeah, but that felt harsh. Yeah, yeah. Is, is this team mentally soft? In certain aspects, yes. I mean, that's that's what we can point to, and that's been brought up by Mike. Uh, I mean, we think about what we've talked about in in after blowout losses so far this season, especially on second night of a back to back. The most recent one when the Kings were beaten down in Los Angeles to the Clippers. What did Mike Brown say after the game? We didn't have enough fight tonight. Think about the Los Angeles Clippers loss in Sacramento after that tremendous win without Fox over Oklahoma City. What was the message in the locker or the the post game press conference was? Man, we just we just were emotionally exhausted after that great effort the night before. Like that, this is what they're talking about. This is what they're saying. But again, I've seen this team be mentally strong enough to respond from bad losses. I've seen them be mentally strong enough to go into Chase Center, where the Golden State Warriors were really good last year, and win a must-win game to force Game Seven. So I've seen this team be mentally strong in certain aspects, but where they're mentally weak is rallying when they're put under some some significant pressure 
or they're they're put under um the word that I'm looking for that I'm not finding, but adversity, but essentially in game in ad, game yeah in game adversity absolutely well said Kenny like when this team starts to when it starts to unravel it unravels and this team does and Mike Brown like Mike Brown used all but one timeout he had one timeout remaining with at the end of the third quarter guys mm-hmm. so he's calling timeouts left and right right this ship and there were times where he was yelling at the bench fox 40 sean cunningham posted an excellent of mike ripping into the bench including malik monk he is not afraid to yell and scream when he has to to get his point across but what mike is saying is it has to come from within too mm-hmm. mike did his part six different timeouts in three quarters to try freaking group mm-hmm. and he couldn't he couldn't get the message across so that's where whether it's fox onus monk whoever the hell veil i don't know some that's where it needs to come the, the labride of this is what we do we're gonna do it let's take some freaking pride that's the mental weakness that i see with this team still do you um do you think that this is a team this group is of of kind of working through this and and um and being a different team and i only ask because i think that this is going to be a different team in February than they are today, not personnel wise, but just they'll work through these things. Like we won't have these same discussions um, come February. Do you think there, do you have the same confidence that I do that they'll work through this kind of stuff or do, is there a need, does there need to be a shake point? Wholeheartedly, Kenny, I do. I do. I, I expect this team to respond. They've, they've given us every reason to believe to this point, plus the, the with the impact that Mike Brown has had on this roster, the change of the culture that we've witnessed in front of our very eyes over the last couple of years. I absolutely do. Also, I do because I think it's going to have to come from the core, and we know this core isn't going anywhere. So if there's a shakeup, you're trying to add to the core, right? Everybody's talking about King's got to make a move. King's got to make a move. Go get OG. Go get Zach Levine. Go add a, another piece to this group. But what Mike is saying is it's got to come from the group, mm-hmm. right? It's got to come from De'Aaron, Sabonis, Keegan. If that's your big three, you want to add Malik Monk to that to make it a four. It's got to come from them. So it has to, to answer your question, Kenny, like it has to work. They have mm-hmm. to figure it out because they're, Monty's not going to go and get guys in, in a trade at the trade deadline in the trade market or even this offseason that are going to come in and change that culture for you. You might bring in guys to help with that. JaVale has come in, and, and during training camp, JaVale was a very vocal leader. Remember when Tristan Thompson was also a vocal leader during training camp too? C-T. What good does that freaking do? Casey's guy. Like, <laughs> guy. You got to get – it's got to be from guy. the core. It's got to be – so, yes, I do believe this team will absolutely figure this out and overcome it, and it starts with them learning the lesson that I think they needed to learn last night. What are the – like – what are your expectations for this team? I think where the Kings are in the standings is very accurate to who they are, which is they are a top 10 NBA team. They are firmly planted in the playoff picture in, in the West. I think they're definitely a not, I think they're definitely a top six team. Now it's definitely possible with God forbid injuries or anything that happens that, that they could become a play in team. But I think if this team as is, this team is a firmly established playoff team in the Western Conference. The reaction that I wholeheartedly disagree with that I saw a lot last night was, this Kings team has not gotten any better. This Kings team is going to be a first-round playoff exit again. Mm. I completely disagree with that because this version of De'Aaron Fox is good enough to win you a playoff series. 
you add in a Demonte Sabonis who we should absolutely all expect to play better than he did during the Golden State Warriors series. You add in Keegan Murray in year two now is very clearly the best defender on this team. And you add in just something more from Herter and Barnes than what you got in the playoffs last year. Plus Malik Monk playing like a sixth man of the year and maybe the addition of Sasha or Duarte or whoever the hell you want. Keon Ellis off the bench, whoever it is like this team is more than good enough to win a playoff series, guys. Hmm. That's why I think this is what the Kings are going to roll with. I I really genuinely do. Now that doesn't mean that I don't think Monty's going to look for upgrades in the trade market. I just don't see realistically how they get the pieces that fans are wanting or the pieces that this team needs to insert contendership conversation. Right, I just don't think they're they're getting that this year. I think you roll in with what you got into the playoffs. This team's good enough to make it out of a first round playoff series, give or take the matchup. You're probably not feeling too good if it's you versus the Pelicans in a best of seven at this point. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, KC feels fine. Regardless, like if, if there's matchup concerns either way, like I think you're just fine rolling into the playoffs. I think you win a playoff series with this group. I think you you probably put up a good fight in a second series. Maybe you win it, maybe you don't. And you go back to the drawing board this summer. You evaluate Herder, you evaluate Monk, you evaluate everything around your core that you know you have here, which is Fox and Sabonis and probably Murray at that point. And that's where if you've got to make swings, you have the context of two playoff series now under your belt, that's where you make your swings. That's what I think is going to happen. The money, the money's a factor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Money was a factor. Let me ask you both this. I think I know how you'll respond. I'm pretty confident I know how you'll respond. Matt, I, I'm, I'm going to ask Matt directly because I, f- I feel like I know your answer. And I want to know Kenny's You, you can respond. <laughs> this Money works. Work, start, let's start there. Yep. Are things different if it's not Harrison Barnes who signs that contract, but it's Dylan Brooks? <laughs> Yes. In a positive so. way. In a positive way. I think, I mean, I, and I, I, I give Dylan Brooks full credit with Casey got a Dylan Brooks jersey. He just doesn't wear it, but he's got one. He doesn't know we know, but he's got one. I'm not the biggest fan of Dylan Brooks, but I can't argue with what I've seen, the cult, how he's changed the culture in Houston. And, and I, I believe, to some extent, I believe Dylan Brooks in Sacramento is not letting the Boston Celtics get away with everything they got away with last night. Maybe it's he does something stupid which is very possible. We don't know. And he's, he's had issues and, and stuff like that in the past. I also don't know how much I like Dylan Brooks as, as part of this Kings group, but if they accepted him, who the hell am I to say anything? But yeah, I do think Dylan Brooks makes more of a positive impact on the Sacramento Kings short term than Harrison Barnes does, at least on the floor. Behind the scenes where Harrison is very well loved and Dylan Brooks, who the hell knows? Couldn't answer that question. I feel like you want to love or you want to win. There we go. You can love Harrison in a Houston uniform. You can love Harrison anywhere in the world. And I don't mean to pick on Harrison. I used Harrison as an example. That's right. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Hell yeah. I I advocated for Dylan Brooks uh, this offseason. I didn't advocate for him as a starter. You know, I was like, oh, I I didn't see him making $20 million a year. I was like, oh, bring him in, you know. Uh, cheap deal coming off the bench, whatever the case may be. Um, when it's bad with Dylan Brooks, it looks really, really bad. Like mm-hmm. his shooting, um, he just looks lost on defense. Like 
when it's bad, it's nasty. It is was the, nasty in those playoffs. Is the biggest problem with Dylan Brooks is that a team like because with Harrison, you at least have to defend him, mm-hmm. even if Harrison's not shooting or isn't making shots. With Dylan, there could be a point where you just don't have to. Yeah, there could be, and that's what I mean when it's when it's bad with him, it is awful. Bad, yeah. But I don't know. I, I didn't see every game, so I don't know. Um, I don't know how often it gets that bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I think. A lot of the times it's it's kind of even killed. Sometimes he goes up and it's like balling. And I think that's where it's at most of the time. It's just we're all on notice. It feels like we're all on notice when it's like really, really bad. But I think, yeah, he absolutely would help this team in, in, in a positive light. Dylan Brooks has played nine games in December, guys. Eight of them have been double figures. One of them was a two-point game. In the month of December, he's shooting 39% from three-point range on six attempts per game. Mm. He's shooting 48% from the field on 20, 12 attempts per game. You can plug those numbers for the most part. Maybe he doesn't get 12 attempts per game in Sacramento, but the, the floor spacing and the mount that the Kings like to shoot, I have, a, I have a good feeling Dylan could take six threes per game without too much issue here in Sacramento. So offensively, if I can hope as best as I can to copy and paste those numbers over, he's giving you offensive impact and we know what he does on the defensive end, and we know what he does culture-wise. So, How many like, rebounds he get at night? Uh, right now, he's averaging 3.8 rebounds in in December. It was 3.5 in March, or Jesus, a, November. Um, for the season, it's uh, 3.6. Harrison's 3.2 in December. 10 points per game. 46% from three. And Harrison's offensive input 50% has the field. Harrison's offensive input for the most part during this homestand and, and for the most part in December has been pretty good. I've been ha- pretty happy with what Harrison has been providing the Kings, at least during wins. But I mean, last night's certainly not Harrison Barnes' Primate, fault. No, 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 but, no, 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 not at all. Just to clear that up. Harrison, Harrison and Harrison in particular will be always be the guy who's talked about being moved. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. knew that the second the contract was signed is, well, what is it? December 15th? December 29th? 29th. All right. Yeah. December yeah. 29th it is. Yeah. I then, remember the discussions the day that was signed was that contract is movable. <laughs> that's, that's it. And like, that's just, it's a. <laughs> that contract's tradable. It's a bit of a disservice to Harrison, but it's also like Harrison fits on just about any basketball team like out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the question becomes is like, are you really getting better if you trade him? And you must have a glaring weakness somewhere if that's the case. Uh, but Dylan Brooks is the one that comes to mind because it seems like he's performing a little bit better than people expected him to in Houston. Right. Mm-hmm. People, uh, I was I was listening to some last night, um, and they were talking about, you know, December fifteenth, and you know, trade talk is ramping up because trade season is here. Trade and I guess like Bobby Marks had a tweet the other day that was like. There's been one December trade in the last three years. <laughs> <laughs> like, trade season is here. These trades never happen. We Bobby, just started talking about them. Bobby Loki pissed me off this morning. What did Bobby Bo- do? Bobby, now I know Bobby's Bobby's a Kings guy. Mm-hmm. He's our guy. It's just, it's so dumb. But he was talking about tradable assets that uh-huh. Sacramento had. He, did, he wrote a lengthy every team in the league. That stuff Bobby does, right? And there was Herter and Barnes and Keegan Murray. I was like, no one told him. No, he just didn't get the memo. I should have told. We should do. Yeah. Jesse, text Bobby Marks and tell him, hey, you got to take Keegan Murray out of your. Yeah, got to take him 
Uh, Eddie Araida, he's not a movable asset. No, he's not a movable asset. He's he's next to Domas and and, and De'Aaron. Once again, I mean, we're talking about seven guys in the league that we're moving Keegan for. You guys uh, talk at all about our our, our good friend KOC today? (laughs) Yeah. What a clown beat. We did. I mean, we just called him, you know, one of the several basketball nerds that like to talk about the Sacramento Kings, despite they have little understanding. And, And this... Matt, the gist of it, it was a pretty lengthy conversation with multiple layers to it, but the gist of it was, as Kings fans, and as people who listen to D'Lo and KC and Locked On Kings and and, and consume Kings content at a, at a rapid pace, and shout out to everybody who's posted uh, you know, their Spotify raps and their podcast raps, and it just shows different versions of Kings content. Like, yep. that's that's dope. Like, But when you read stuff from guys like Harper and O'Connor – you were like, that's wrong. Hmm. Remember that the next time you read them, read something they wrote about Orlando or Phoenix or or a team that you don't know as much about. Remember what they wrote about your team and how off they were and understand that the assessment that they're probably giving on this other team is equally as wrong. And it's not just that it's wrong. It's cherry picking. Like that. that's what... I think frustrates me the most out of, of what some of the commentary that I see around the Sacramento Kings is it can like Kings on a three game win streak over the, over the, this homestand they've won the last four straight at home. They've beaten Denver once they've beaten the Lakers twice. They've beaten some of your darlings, the Oklahoma city thunder. Yeah. They beat twice one with Fox one without like all these games where Sacramento has proven something. Demonta Sabonis has a triple double. Who's against the wizards or crickets, nothing crickets. As, yeah. soon as, as soon as the Kings, are losing a game. Demonte Sabonis is too small. Demonte Sabonis is overrated. This, 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 like it's just cherry picking. And D'Lo, you and I discussed this a lot this morning. On uh, as soon as D'Lo and KC's over, five or six o'clock tonight, an episode of uh, Locked On Kings drops. D'Lo and I talking about the MVP conversation around De'Aaron Fox and how the goalposts just continue to move because of it being here in Sacramento. So it's it's not so much about people being wrong. Cause half the time, I expect them to be wrong about the Sacramento Kings. It's 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 I'm wrong about teams that outside of the Sacramento market all the time. I'm just basing it off of assumptions and low hanging fruit and, and watching them one or two times a year when the Kings play them. Right. But, but the diff, you know what the difference is though? You're not an NBA writer. You don't That's cover true. the league. Right. You cover the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. That's true. These guys frame themselves as NBA writers. That's the problem. Yeah. If you want to cover if 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 you want to create a category where it's, we cover the Lakers and whatever team Kevin Durant's on, mm-hmm. And then the hot team in the East, mm-hmm. great, do that. But don't tell me you're an NBA writer right. because you're not. 100%. I ain't see you here. <laughs> right. I saw Mark. 100%. You know, Mark Spears is here. Mark's an NBA writer. Mark Spears was here. Mark mm-hmm. Spears was in New Orleans mm-hmm. when when Ja returned. Mm-hmm. I see. You see. Mark makes sure you know he's in mm-hmm. these streets. Mm-hmm. He covers this league. Kevin O'Connor ain't here. Kevin, Kevin, and if his ass even thinks about that, coming in, trick, trick list he better check. Point. He better check in. Yeah, you better check in. Just because you're friendly with Deuce and Mo doesn't mean yeah. you got admittance you, into you, this. You city. better check in. Hey, if Deuce and Mo are checking you as a, as a friend, you know, you know, maybe you're you're doing a little too much. Sure ass ass. Yeah, it's, it, you know what it was, Matt. Like I said, it's just um, you know, in my opinion, the guy showing this as just an atten- attention sinking type of guy. That's all it is. He wants attention. I can't. That's that's cool. If that's you want to what you want to do. That's whatever. But I don't I don't take you seriously as a journalist or analyst or whatever it is that you're you're trying to be. You're attempting to be. 
because it's not what you're saying necessarily. It's how you're going about it, how you're going about it just for trying to get clicks and trying to get attention. You know, there's no there's no real thought into it. And like I said, somebody else was bringing this out here, and I, I agree. He's, you can have – it feels like he's one of those guys that has all the answers with no solutions, if that makes any sense. Sure. Like, this is yeah, what they yeah. should do. All right, how we get there? Well, I don't know. Well, okay, well, specifically, who should it be? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I just know this is what you need to do. All right, thank you Thanks for nothing. for your help, yeah. <laughs> thank you for nothing. And that's the guy he's, he seems to be. He always tells somebody what they should be doing without mentioning realistic ways of getting there. I thought De'Aaron's tweet, which was responding to, I think, Kevin's co-host on his podcast, uh, which is consistency is now a bad thing. Or he goes, new, uh, new take, consistency is bad. Talking about yeah. how DeMontis Sabonis has had the same numbers over the fast, past five years as if he's not putting up numbers as a center second to only a two-time MVP. Hmm. So, hey, and, 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 I mean, in reality too, are there better options at center in the league than, than DeMontis Sabonis? Absolutely. Are they acquirable? Absolutely not. And any team in the league, if you took DeMontis Sabonis' name and picture out of it, and you approach them and you read to them what DeMontis Sabonis gives you on a nightly basis, every general manager, even with a starting caliber center already on their roster, would say, yeah, I wouldn't mind having some more of that. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the league would love to have what DeMontis Sabonis gives you. Everybody in the league would love to have what De'Aaron Fox gives you. Mm-hmm. This is why... Whether you want to call it whining or complaining, if you're not in Sacramento, if you're here visiting the D'Lo and KC show, whatever it is, if you want to say, man, Kings fans whine about the Sacramento perspective and and, and they don't like us because we're Kings fans, they don't like us because we're Sacramento, whatever, 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 there's, a, there's merit to that frustration from fans. Mm-hmm. Because when a player wears their jersey, it's different than when that player goes and dons an Indiana Pacers jersey, for example. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm using Tyrese as an example because Tyrese was very loved here in Sacramento. Tyrese drew a lot of attention with how well he played his rookie season. Tyrese wasn't a superstar that the Kings were s- stupid and any team would be stupid to trade until the second he got traded. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, as now that he's no longer a Sacramento King, the Kings were foolish to get rid of him. Why? Because he actually wanted to stay in Sacramento. Only one. As if everybody <laughs> else one. on this roster is begging for a ticket out. Yeah. It's silly. You know, you know what? In, in such a, I think we mentioned this earlier, such a great like, like stamp to that. Like, no, it's real. This isn't make believe. He's ain't talking about Keegan Murray. Look at what Keegan, look, first of all, look at what Keegan Murray did in his first year. Mm-hmm. Now look what he's doing in his second. Nothing. Yo, oh, he's not the greatest if, player ever yet. He's got to be imagine, traded to be the greatest player ever. Imagine if the Kings trade ke- traded Keegan to. This is never going to happen. Imagine they trade him to Toronto for a package including Pascal Siakam. <laughs> imagine the headlines. The Kings just gave mm-hmm. the the Toronto Raptors one of the best young wings in the league to pair with mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes. The Raptors are set for life. The Kings are idiots. Yep. That's exactly what it would be. Yeah. The the thing about it is Kings would be idiots for doing so, that, but of yes, course, as would. you said, they would never do that. So some 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 people may call it whining or whatever the case may be. 
There ain't no whining going on over here. All we're doing is we remember what you said. Mm-hmm. We remember the energy you had. We're asking you, why is it different? And here, here's the other thing that maybe guys, uh, people can't do on Twitter that we all have the ability to do. And guys like uh, Kevin O'Collin uh, show, show their ass about. Um, we asked you to come talk about your your side of the story. Mm-hmm. We want to know. I disagree with you, but I, I it ain't personal. I want to hear your POV. I want to hear what you got to say. Crickets. Don't want to come on. Somebody asked uh, uh, Kevin O'Collin if he want to come on, and he, he, he don't do that. No, he doesn't. No. That's why you're calling him Kevin O'Connell. Just we ain't even gonna call him by his name no more. That's fine. I was calling him the basketball player. You just changed his name. That's fine. The hell with him. <laughs> I was trying to get my no. Mayweather on because he calls Oscar De La Hoya Oscar De La Hoya. Why do you think I'm gonna get all these boxing references? Why do you always do this? I genuinely thought he screwed it up. Also, he I was like, him wait a minute, he did it twice. <laughs> I'm just too nice because I didn't. I didn't want to correct it. Now Kevin O'Con man is funny. <laughs> Kevin O'Con man, that's no, that, funny. That's man. more of a joke. You got to just get his name wrong. Like you don't really care about him. Like Kevin O'Collin. <laughs> Kevin O'Collin doesn't know what he's talking about. You throw boxing references at <laughs> no, me. Like, you just know Floyd, I'm not going to get Floyd him. always says, "Yeah, I remember when I fought Oscar De La Hoya." <laughs> Matt, you said got him, he got on the dude Telefimo Lopez. Matt, you said the uh, <laughs> the new podcast drops at six. Podcast drops at six, featuring Damian. Me, Ball. it's a very good yeah, podcast. I'm I know I did out. it. I was there. I'm checking it out. It's very nice. You didn't so yell you, at me. I was excited. I, I, I don't <laughs> yell at you anymore. Oh come on! No, come on, man! I gave you a huge hug. Like we we embrace with love. I haven't <laughs> yelled at you in years. Damien was dressed like the fall streets of Sacramento last night, though. He looked like a, a walk down Doco with leaves on the ground, but it looked good. Why was everybody shooting at my man Tilo yesterday? Yeah, I didn't. I'm, what was I shoot? I liked it. It looked good. You you said fall. You you spoke fall to me. I was ready to have Thanksgiving with you. No, everybody, yeah. Why everybody shooting at my man? You look yeah, good. No, hey, only no. one of us on this show has ever gotten a compliment about their fit from Malik Monk. Only one of us. And that is about as big of an endorsement as you can get because he probably has the best fashion sense in this city. That's a solid endorsement. I do appreciate the local guy and all the people who asked me if I bought the $600 jacket yet. Oh, that's what we're waiting for. I wanted it so bad. That jacket was nasty. When Delo's courtside, he gets compliments from Malik Monk. When I'm courtside, I get hit by a ball from. That was that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but like 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 Biederman said, that was a nine out of ten dap. Like you turned He's, around, that was, that was good. Duarte's that was good. Duarte's a cool cat, man. Because we're in the way. I'm standing on the baseline. They're warming up. I'm the, I'm in their way with a camera. Like get the hell out of my way. But yeah. Duarte's nice enough to go. Hey, my bad, man. I'm just doing my job here while you're in my freaking way. Get off the court. Yeah, it was a bad. It was a bad night. <laughs> oh man, my gosh, Tone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. oh Actually, okay. I, you know what? We're done. We're going to Thursday night football right now. We will see you guys tomorrow. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 